0: That's really rough. So you
1: woke up at 4.45 this morning? After no horror, watching
0: Homework. Because I packed last night. And then it was like 9 o'clock. And I was like, I'm just going to go to bed because I feel awful already. And then I woke up at like 4. And then I was like, ugh. When do you leave for New York? I'll be at the airport this time tomorrow. Wow. What? I'm so jealous. It's, I'm taking the red eye. Smart. Nice. Apologies nice. to Zach. I don't even know if Zach listens to this podcast regularly. I know if, that he has, but uh, I land at six o'clock and he has to let me into his home. Nice, <gasps>
1: Fun. But you, so you land at six, so you
0: won't get to his home till like seven. Yeah,
1: That's, I mean he That's should be up, he should be up by 7 yeah, he'll be and up.
0: I'll gate check my bag. Do you guys are you guys a fan of the gate? I've check? I've never
1: gate checked before. It feels oh, very continental. I love mid-century. Gate check,
0: they oh, love to when pay they're for yeah,
2: when they're overbooked and they're yeah. like check your bag, and I'm like get rid of
0: yeah, like, it. Yes, seriously. I love a gate check, and then you know it's gonna oh, be on the right plane. Yes,
1: right. No, I thought you meant the thing where you check your bag at the curb. Oh, no. I'm like, that's yeah, very no. fancy. The opposite, where you take you it You do it through, at the gate.
0: And then you don't have to pay the, the bag fee if you're an airline. And they the just take it off fee. your hands. Yeah. My problem is that my checked bag my is
1: never small enough to, to carry on the plane. Um, and I get free checked bags because my brother's a pilot. Oh. Your
2: brother's a pilot?
1: Yeah, my brother is a pilot. Your
0: homosexual brother?
1: My homosexual brother is a homosexual pilot. No. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. For what airline? Uh, I'm not sure I can say on the mic. When oh, really?
0: pics of, like headless torsos of pilots in the bathroom could be my brother is that your brother could be are all of them your brother (laughs) my brother i you know my brother single one my brother's
1: hero growing up was dolly the sheep and so he's cloned himself many times over and they're all pilots they're all you know they all have sharp brains does your
2: cloned brother listen to this podcast
1: no in fact, my sad se- uh, family now? no no so um, isn't he a homo? He is a homo sapien, sexual, a home of sexual. So home last sexual. month, <laughs> uh, me and my all my my three siblings went to Nashville to celebrate my youngest sister's twenty first birthday, and I made I said okay, shut up, a couple of times because we were listening to because we were listening to Kesha in the car while we were driving to downtown Nashville, and no one said a thing, and that's. Realize none of them listen to this podcast. Some fans, I heard a little bit. They know
0: about it. Yes,
1: yeah. Because by the end of by the end of the uh, or no, not even by the end. Um, So I told them about the podcast because I'm like, y'all remember that I do this, and I was telling them a little bit about it. And then we got dinner with a family friend in Nashville. She's like, "What are you up to?" I'm like, "I'm." programming this film festival blah blah blah, blah. oh i and i and i also podcast with some friends and then one of my sisters says very snidely and if you search call me by your name on the itunes store it's the third one to come up
0: nice
1: <laughs> no but she's just like rude. throwing my words back at me rude. oh i see siblings <laughs> she wasn't will
0: never she wasn't complimenting not, no
1: no she was like it's the third to come up
0: siblings are so rude how
1: rude. Just they the dragged, <laughs> they were, dragged, dragged me. To them. They all dragged me. My homosexual brother did see Trixie Mattel flying in the sky, though, mm-hmm. about a month ago. Fun. Yes.
0: From where to where? I don't
1: remember, but <laughs> she had her guitar. <laughs> on the Love that. On <laughs> the plane. <laughs> she, she was stru- stru- <laughs> strumming in her seat. She had her auto harp. Coach? coach, baby. Love that. Mm-hmm. Good
0: For her. Yes. She's one of the she's people. She always
1: has been. No, she's Matt. Her name is Matt. I don't know. I after watching All Stars, sort of my arc was that I realized I was sexually attracted to him as the yeah. season was going on. Oh, Wallace sure. And, mm-hmm. and he does live <laughs> in Los Angeles. Someone else he does. made
0: that joke. Yeah, it's Katja's birthday. Speaking oh of Drag Race, my boyfriend Katja. <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't tell jeffrey he we could just like have water bottles for them on
0: their show when he tweeted a photo the other day of him and a raccoon and i said i love this photo of us and he didn't reply <laughs> <laughs> like, like eight people that follow me faved it, it was, but he didn't that's how you know the no. people are on your side you're yes. one of the people yes sad ben mm. mp
1: comma populist mm.
0: i am a populist just like meet john doe one of my favorite movies. Is that Capra? Yes it is. Mm. Don't I don't love Capra. Wow. I really don't. (laughs) No no not as a filmmaker, I just don't
1: care for him. That's wrong. I think I think he's so obnoxious. Why? He's that he's the kid who's trying so desperately to fit in that every attempt to characterize themselves as status quo just becomes falser and falser and falser until they're not actually a person, they're just a performance.
0: See, I love those movies.
1: I love Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Have you seen Meet I John love... Doe? Though
0: no, it's very much about the Trump presidency. Great,
1: I'm not dragging Capra as a filmmaker. I'm saying that his personality, I think, did more harm than good, and on a personal level, it just irritates me.
0: Okay, and It's a Wonderful Life is just oh, it's shattering. a
1: perfect film mm-hmm. in my uh, in my my bedroom at home. Um, not in, not here, like in my family's home. I haven't. Mm-hmm. It, it's a wonderful life. He got up, so. like, great
0: performances out of people before great performances existed. Yeah, Ben <laughs> Frank
2: Capra's a great director.
0: Got it.
1: Duh. I just, I just
0: have things to say. Anything else?
2: We watched Mr. Smith goes to
0: Washington. We did. It was part We've of my films together. Kirby curriculum. That was one of the last movies we watched. Oh my before. god. It was because you were going to go shoot I'm fine, so we had to take a break Season and two. we just never Now streaming
1: on Deku. Never break. Y'all's hearts beat true for the red Screen. white and blue. Yeah, I'm fine on Deku. Need...
0: Yeah. Oh wow! Thanks for the plug. The next Season movie down. on the list is The Letter, starring Betty Davis. I think
2: that's Remember why we, went to we go slowed the... momentum because I was like not really wanting to watch The Letter because I so heard good, it's though. but it's isn't it like problematic or something? Well, we were just discussing we were just all old about... movies are problematic. Yeah. Let's. Pick it up again. Let's do
0: it. Let's do it. If we actually ever record on a Sunday again, we could do it after the film. Like, you know I what? Record early you know after. what's yeah. not
1: a problematic classic Hollywood film, which oh is also God. on Kirby's curriculum? Leave her to motherfucking heaven.
0: I want Brandon to know as little about that as possible. So we won't, won't
2: talk life. about it. Is it going to ruin me? Mm-hmm. Yes. I can't wait. It will destroy you. Oh, I can't wait to be destroyed. I just no, saw no. it I like on time. nitrate. I for love the first when time. homework, like podcast homework, destroys me. Mm. Like I was destroyed by two pieces of podcast homework this week.
0: Yeah, I love the homework this week. As as lo- no, random, sorry, three. As All long three as pieces of homework.
1: As long as you me. show up to class ready to contribute, <laughs> you know, be a, be a part of the discussion. You're the best. Oh, at homework. You really are. I love homework. Yep. You you get no points off for participation. You get no points off for doing the work. Meanwhile, I'm just like, fly- especially this I'm, week. I just have not, I've been so fucking busy. I'm, I'm like, I'm about to collapse. I'm so, really, I'm really overworked. Okay, shut up.
2: <laughs> what are we here to talk
0: about? 26
1: is sort of a triggering number for me because I just turned 27 and I'm marching
0: towards death. Wow. Join the club. I'm the oldest person here. So not by much. You're like 19. I'm like a year older than you. When's your birthday? November 7th. 1988? Oh, 88. Nice. So you're
2: turning 20. I'm
0: turning 30.
2: Ooh, the big 30. Yeah, I'm you're you're a excited. year older than me. Yeah, Maybe. Ben and I have talked about his dirty 30s. It's My gonna 30s are going to be. It's going to be a really, be so be a really productive. You know what?
1: A friend, a, a
2: friend told me that 30s. Are the best. It's all alone. once you're out of your twenties. I think
0: it'll be just great.
1: I'm not going to put Can't anything to on the 30. microphone. And, and maybe when I'm like
0: forty, I'll actually almost be about to make my first movie. So it's like <laughs> Robert Altman didn't make his first movie yeah. until I don't know, not in his twenties. Many people have waited. Yeah, or not been able to. I would love it's not it. Necessarily if... Necessarily, Ben, you
1: need to edge on your filmmaking career. I think. Oh, so by yeah. the time you commit something, love edging. I feel like I've camera. been edging on it since I was 16 keep years going. old. Keep going. You're only keep edging. It's You're the barely only in thing, this thing I think
0: about every day. <laughs> but yes, let's do that. The anticipation is dangerous. quite literally killing you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so what are we here to talk about today,
1: Brandon? What's the name of the show? Oh my gosh! John. Oh wow! Well, wow! Wow! This, I'm, I can't do that anymore. Program. I just listened to the new blank check. <laughs> I can't. Fair.
0: I know. I'm going to do it. I know that weed had we not did listened. It I know. I know, but it's like, I'm not. I'm also, not. I'm not cutting this conversation. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're so bummed. What? No, I, I will but
1: never Dad, say it I mean, it's. It doesn't belong to me.
2: Nothing does.
1: It does, though. We right. did it independently. We've talked. We've talked off, Mike. It's hard enough for me as someone who lives in England to have to deal with that portion of their mm-hmm. film podcast. You know, I'm just trying to live my own authentic individual
0: life. Authenticity. Well, you're only being authentic if you're not. This is a, these pieces. podcasts are
2: not reality. Yeah.
1: This is a podcast. This is part of
0: our life.
1: This
2: is a program.
1: There's something very different from what people are listening to in ninety-minute chunks than what I'm living all the time. You know what I mean.
0: This is. That's the problem. Let's therapize this. This. (laughs) I'm done. You have to integrate (laughs) your multiple personalities. Bye, (laughs) bitch.
2: All right, Daniel has left. Uh, This is. Movies IMO. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Excuse me.
2: Oh God! I just swallowed the. I don't know what that was. All the dust it kicked (laughs) up when I stormed away from the table. Let me start over. This is movies I M O. Take a sip. This is a podcast about fags talking about movies. I'm Brandon Kirby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was that then? I'm Ben Emphy. I've been drinking a diet coke, and the the carbonation made me belch a little bit. (laughs) I'm Daniel Crook, and this couldn't be more crystal clear.
2: wow well today's episode we're here oh i had a bit and i fucked up the bit just take it back take it back this is horses imo this is i was gonna make that joke this is this is now a horse movie podcast
0: this is our second horse movie week in a row it feels
2: like this is our fifth horse movie
0: 17th horse movie i've watched Uh, in the past two weeks a podcast where boys who plow giddy up Ooh. Even even in the motion picture Western, someone tells someone else, you can't get attached to the horse. I mean, isn't there a isn't the poster of the man on the a top horse. horse? I don't think he's on the horse on the poster. I think he's smoking against a wall.
2: No, he's definitely like he's in motion.
0: Horse. Maybe I've seen a different poster. You've probably
2: though. seen a different poster. So we're here to talk about horses yet again.
0: I fucking love horses. They are my favorite animal. We're here to talk about...
2: Michael Clayton, yes. <laughs> I so Ben said something on our last
0: That's episode. That's
1: how I knew ab- Michael Clayton how was an I'm just going to keep talking. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to let this point be stolen from me. Wow. Ben said something on last He's week's episode. <laughs> ben said something last episode about how cat lovers can't fully appreciate <laughs> War Horse, and I have to push back again because every single one of these horse movies, the horses make me think of my cat. They're stubborn. Mm. But they love, mm-hmm. they have a minds of their own, mm-hmm. minds of their own, yes, they, have a, they have a level of unbridled enthusiasm, yeah. and they won't wear a leash.
3: Wow.
2: Yeah? Wow. Yeah. So suck it. Wow. That's how I say it now. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> well, wow. Um, the horse movie we're here to talk about today... I feel I don't want to call I mean it is a horse movie, but it's much more it's much bigger than that. Well
1: you, Brandon, I'll 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 drag you for something you said last week, but not, I not really a drag. But I believe that you brought up how Yeah, last week was Lean on Pete. That yeah. how how um how chully is Lean on Pete. huh.
0: I mean I think we all agree he is here the that, horse. that, that the, is horse. the horse Brady is he the is horse.
1: Brady is the horse. Right. Brady's
0: the horse. I mean, they make it explicit. Yes, he says, "I'm the horse." That's the reason why I didn't give it five stars. <laughs> That's the reason I gave. I doctored a full star when talking to his sister. Oh, when like, he's making the parallel. He's like, "Here's
1: the thing," and he we, just says we, it very. Explicitly. We got we to gotta yeah. shoot the horses who are broken, but I'm a person and I'm broken. When you
0: fully get it in the scene where he, they shoot the horse, it's
1: upsetting because when when you see the the gash on the leg and, and it obviously brings up the beginning of the film with the gash on mm-hmm. his head, like it could not be more clear. I swear, like even the bloody barbed wire evokes the bloody staples. I didn't. Yeah.
2: I didn't mind him saying it. I really uh, didn't. I just. It's I can't, like I can't
1: stand problem when problem we, when with we the literalize. Of
0: Tony I know that you feel that that scene does a different.
1: It, thing. I think that ending scene ends up undercutting that obvious moment and ends up disproving it in a way, or disproving the patness of it. I don't mind it, but I understand what you are saying, and
0: it, it has the same effect on well, me.
1: Well, it's just like I don't want to hear the protagonist of a film deliver their academic dissertation on the film, right? Leave that to the academics. Mm-hmm.
3: Leave that to it. the
0: UCLA students. You know what I'm saying? All right. I also don't Stay need. Ground. I also didn't. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I also didn't need when he yells as his dad, I'm not going to grow up to be you. Oh, I love that. I didn't need that. Oh, see, just- that is He is scene- just stuck
1: in this. It's not a one horse town, but it's a trailer park town. The- he just watches his dad spin that money away in the casino. It's not going to be you, dad. It was the, very authentic to me. Uh,
2: yeah, that scene—that's when the the dad's acting stuck out to me. Mm. Like, I was fine with all the real people doing their acting, except the dad in a couple that's so moments. Because
0: I feel like every review I've read is like the dad is a phenomenal. Yeah, see, really? I don't think so. I, I no, think, I, think I think the dad's the weak link of the. I think real they acting. all deliver
1: masterful performances. They're I, all great. I do want to put this on the record now, at the top of the podcast, midway through the podcast that. The writer casting the real people as the actors is the Tangerine was shot on an iPhone angle. Meaning it's the least interesting thing about it that yeah. is absolutely integral to the finished product and the look and feel of it. But I am so not interested in I would also like that. to bring up no, something I Chloe agree.
0: Zhao said in an interview I read of her, which is stop calling it a documentary. <laughs> yes, yes it's like, not a documentary. It's fiction. I wrote it.
1: When the, ca- when the cameras were not rolling, yeah. the life didn't just keep happening. Yeah. You know? Right,
2: right. It was a... They are reading a script th- mm-hmm. with words and, like, it's not it's, a documentary It's disrespectful at all. to her. It's also disrespectful right. to, to documentarians. Her craft. No, yeah. but exactly.
1: And, but it, I mean, we're going to yeah. talk about more further about her craft. It's disrespectful to that, but it's also just an insult to documentarians. The,
0: uh, things that are, like, for sure fictionalized. A slight, rather. The friend got hurt in a car crash. It's not. It's just not said in the movie how the friend is paralyzed. We assume oh, he got. We assume of it's one. a horse. Assume it is a horse, and it is intentional that she left it not in the movie. That that's how he was paralyzed. But that like relationship is true to life. But mm. that thing is not. Oh, okay, that's Boys, interesting. It has been a
1: while since I have detailed what made me cry on this podcast. But when he is visiting his friend in physical week. therapy, <laughs> I haven't listened to the whole episode to prove it because I didn't have time. When they are, when he visits his friend in physical therapy, and he's on like the fake horse, and he uses his hands as the mm-hmm. reins. Mm-hmm. I'm. S- that's a that scene, scene. It's so
2: beautiful, and it goes on for s- not. I mean, I'm gonna say it goes on for so long, but it doesn't go on for too long. It's a it's long for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Well, so much of this movie
1: is about. Um, It's about identity, but it's about how physical expression is how these men have learned to define themselves Mm -hmm. and not just the rodeo cowboys, but just the men in this culture in general. Uh So the idea of having a broken body is in essence saying that you are no longer the person that you were. Right. Right. You are now a lot, you're, you're, you're Jack in the end of Titanic, you know, Mm -hmm. like the ship is wrecked and you are about like, it's, it's just a matter of time until you give up.
0: Shall we start? Because right? they're never going to get
2: back on the Yeah, market. let's back up a moment. Oh, sorry. The no, film we are discussing. Oh, no, I just mean... Oh. Have we said... At the beginning of the film. Well, yeah, let me, let me... Say what it's about. Say at the top here
1: what it's about. I was going to
0: try to make us go in order, even though I'm the one that said I don't like doing that. First I c- cannot... What I don't a,
2: want whatever to. no what? prep are you kidding me yeah
1: whatever you want to do
0: whatever we have a lot of movies to talk about
1: we can't do that because it's going to be like an hour fine let
2: me do a little intro fine.
1: let people know what the fuck we're talking about i will say i will say that when we occasionally get the negative itunes review that says that ben and i are dicks because we talk over random in this moment it's very true and i'd like to say i'm so sorry
2: wow I'm thanks for your way. preserving that five-star review that <laughs> it <laughs> no. wasn't a five-star review no, no, no! But like now, we'll only get five stars. Yeah. Now that you've said it, you've said... Now that you've acknowledged yes. it. Yes.
0: No. It's over. The curse is over. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> I've lifted the curse. Mm-hmm.
2: So the movie we're talking about is Harry *Chloe*. *Harry Potter and the Curse*. Don't, don't interrupt <laughs> <ten Tony wins. laughs> <Shh>. Sorry. <laughs> *SpongeBob*, *Mean Girls*. Okay. Shh. *Harry Potter*, okay, bring nominated bring him, bring him. for Tonys. I'm literally shushing
1: you. I can't talk. I can't talk about the Tonys.
2: Hey, Tony. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um my name is Tony. <sighs> the movie we're talking about is Chloe Zhao's The Rider, which was nominated for da, da, five, da, da. five Independent Spirit Awards in okay. January and actually, it is now sorry, in theaters. I'm
1: not I'm not trying to actually or interrupt you but actually back in like November. Right because they announced yeah, so early. the ceremony
2: was in January.
0: No, the the, nomi- the awards are the day before the Oscars. Oh, right,
2: right, right.
1: I'm just double checking that it did get the Signing. editing nomination and it did. Oh, no. More about and the editing. And I, I
0: personally was like, what the fuck is this movie? Right, like, back when
2: the nominations came out, everyone was like, what the Even fuck? Though it was and it's yeah. not. I had
0: I had heard this film played Cannes, it
1: was very much But on like my radar. why? I, I can't read. You why was that? it? <laughs>
2: Why was it eligible so early? Yeah,
1: the way that the Independent Spirit Awards work is that a festival debut counts, which is why The Hurt Locker is nominated for like two awards the year before it comes out. But it it doesn't even get a Best Picture or a Best Director nomination at the Independent
2: Spirit Awards, and then the next year, of course, it goes on to win the Oscar. Interesting. Um, this movie is about a real life cowboy who. Brady that,
0: Jandro.
2: Yes. And his last name in the movie is like something Blackburn. More, Blackburn. Blackburn, Blackburn, something Blackburn. much more simple. Mm-hmm. Um and that head injury is real, right? Or I don't
0: I think it is makeup mm-hmm. in the movie. Oh, it, those, well, yeah, 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 those yeah, staples yeah. aren't. But
2: did that type of injury actually happen yes. to Brady in real life? Okay. And the dad plays himself, the sister plays herself. The mm-hmm. friend plays himself. Yeah. So, the theme...
1: Everybody plays themselves. Yeah. I believe. Every actor and, in the film.
0: And in life, everyone is trying to play We're themselves. We're constantly
1: performing as ourselves. Whatever constantly that might look performing. like, depending wow. on the day of the week. Wow. 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 wow.
2: So, tell us, what was what was our theme? I'm not going to be able to articulate
0: it properly. Movies that blend documentary and fiction.
2: Yes.
1: yes. Well, I think we have a couple
0: themes or going on. Like yeah, movies, we have like a lot. really yeah. like movies that craft the narrative out of a real life. Yes. It's more yeah. than blending documentary. So
1: we're going to talk about the roots of realism roots. in cinema. The roots. which And it's not just the roots in cinema, it's really the roots in cinema. Then we're going to talk about blending sorry Chloe, documentary subjects with narrative film and then we're going to talk about this sort of resurgence of hyper-realism in the American independent cinema.
2: Yeah. A lot of homework. A lot of great homework that murdered me. We should have
0: watched a brass song. Oh, weren't you going to watch the donkey film? I mean, I'm always watching the donkey (laughs) film. But (laughs) can we just start calling it the ass movie? Sure. Great.
2: The Joey's ass movie.
0: Well, We've already talked about Joey's ass. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) But it's the donkey ass. Mm. You might
1: call it the donkey skin. Oh, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that. Neither have I. Great. But when he and Agnes lived in Hollywood mm-hmm. and she made her documentary Murmurs, which I love so much, one of the murals that she covers is right next to my friend's house <gasps> and I park next to it a lot. And I will wow. park next to it tomorrow before we go to the Grinder Awards.
3: Oh. Wow.
0: How great.
1: You just, you just hosted so by Moni Card.
2: Yeah. Oh. How fun.
0: That is going to be fun. That'll be
1: fun for you.
2: I'm
0: very excited. I don't know what I'm going to wear. Not. <sighs> oh why wear anything about the grinder war. probably a 10 gallon hat
1: <laughs> some boots some very very form-fitting jeans yeah.
2: so brandon <sighs> what else what's the movie about i don't know <laughs> he is injured and he's a he's a, he's a, rodeo, he's a cowboy. rodeo cowboy he gets injured and in, in his career his old, career is on the ascent yeah and he's told he's known like he's locally famous local hero local hero all the little rodeo kids come up to him at the supermarket. All the little he now r- the Walmart yodeling at. boys. <laughs> oh Jesus! He gets
0: stomped on the head.
2: He gets stomped on the head by his horse, and he's told again and again, "You can't ride. You can't even." He tries to like you train horses. Another injury. Yeah, like think this. the wrestler with rodeo. Yeah, the wrestler came to mind a lot Just, when I was watching. It, it ends up being a different movie in the end, but yes, it is, it is, but it is there a similar are moments push
1: and pull between. My identity has been tied to this my yeah. whole life. Yeah. To give that up means giving up who I am. And it's about if you're brave enough to write a new chapter. Right. Mm-hmm. And at to let go. It's to a le- different le- movie ending. about letting go, too. Because at the end, he his does. and
0: literally cannot let go. <gasps> yeah. Love that. And
1: yeah. I. Oh, man. When I. The first time you saw the Hansies up, and you've already seen the, the head injury in the stables, I'm like, mm-hmm. is this movie about to be about how he is tied to the body and the body is in revolts and he's like, he is his soul and his body are competing with one another. Like, is it going to be that kind of movie? It is. is it that kind of it movie?
2: is. Ah, uh, I love this movie. Um, and I like the ending, the ending, he, cause you think, Oh, he's going to do the wrestler thing where he's going to go gonna and he's, it. it's going to end on him. Like, we don't know if he hurts himself. At, uh, and then his at dad last. and Leela show up and that's when you know, yeah, he's like, I, I can't. I have to live. Life. He
1: chooses life. He, he chooses has to live for life. them. I'd like the end of Taste of Cherry. More about Karastami to come. He chooses uh,
0: life. My favorite filmmaker, My Is he really your favorite filmmaker? Um, He's top five. Nice. He is one that I nice. would say not just, he's one of my, there are like six that I'll say they're my favorite filmmaker. He's one of them.
1: Taste of Cherry is one of those rare movies where I remember every minute of it. Yes. More about it? taste of cherry when we talk about clips. Oh
2: yes, and I vividly remember that Ebert gave it one star. That's right. <laughs> really, Ebert's like, yes. "This is not a
1: movie. You're all dupes and rubes for watching this after one. Th- the bomb watching door. this boring man in his car. No, I believe yes. that he talks about like how everyone was fooled. And yes, man.
2: yes, <laughs> is every, everyone is a fool. <laughs> For loving this movie. Aww. This meditation on life and where it's going. I fucking love Taste of Cherry, yeah. I
0: will never forget.
2: I can't wait to watch um Certified Copy. Same. Oh my god. It'll
0: change your fucking life. I can't wait. I've
1: actually I really hate to admit this, but you know, we're all about honesty here on movies yeah. IMO. Mm-hmm. I watched the first twenty minutes and I fell asleep, and it's not because I was bored. Yeah, it or, it's not because I was bored. It was because I like put it on after a hike. Mm-hmm. And if I, you know what, and which, in a way, is I like I will not shame you for that. It is very Kurosami Kirsten Kirsten esque in a way. The way that he reflects landscape as characters' interiority and their path on life. The whole idea of like a hiking trail cresting and winding through the hills is very similar to mm-hmm. Taste of Cherry. And we're all on a journey. We're all looking for something. Who we gonna be? Who we are? Well, Who we were? What are we driving from? Where we driving to? I'm driving same. to a hole. I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to die in that hole. Same. And then I'm going to wake up and there's actually going to be a film crew there <laughs> saying, "Gotcha. This was a movie."
2: Oh yeah, the end of the the end of Taste of Cherry is a little weird. Like when oh, the crew's I like it. The crew's yeah, like yeah. laughing. I love
1: it. Well, because he explores that same idea in close-up, like the tension between what you're watching mm-hmm. as verite, as real, and also knowing that you are being manipulated. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Anyway, The Rider.
2: The Rider. We're not doing we're not world-worshipping this. The you know? The titular rider so is the a hot. Starts with. Are you opening? Are you just, gonna? He's start just hijacking the
1: podcast with a um, a linear. No, I do just approach. want to talk about the, the opening. It
0: opens with just shots of a horse running in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. We see hooves in the
1: dirt. Ben Ben is doing this little thing where his hands have become little pointy hooves, but more like triangle claws, and he's digging the invisible dirt. He's plowing. He's plowing. Again, this is a podcast about boys who plow, Mm.
0: giddying up. Giddy up, giddy up. So that's the opening shot, and... And then he wakes up, and his abs are glistening. (laughs) It's and this, the, the fifth shot of the movie is okay. abs. The glistening Should we abs. get the hotness out of the yes. way now? Yes, it was very
1: distracting. Yeah, so when he is trying it to climb that stubborn horse and he can't get his legs all the way up, and so his ass is just like the center of the shot. Yes. And God, Chloe, God bless you. She just holds on it for mm-hmm. a while. Yep. Anyway, that's all. Yeah, and he has perfect abs. I was so worried watching this movie that I was going to be disheartened by how hot he was, but Mm -hmm. he is such a sweet boy.
0: He is so kind. He is so kind. He has such a pure soul. He was on the business with Kim Masters with Get out of town. Really? Get on your high horse and get out of town. And she asks him, were you a movie person? And he was like, well, I like movies. And he was so sweet. And what did he say his favorite movies were? Yeah, I'm curious. Well, if he was
1: an Arclight employee, what would his name tag say?
2: Do they put their favorite movies on their name tag? I've definitely talked about it on the podcast on the before. Really?
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. But also like Morfron Caller, he works in a supermarket.
0: I forget what he says, but he refers to a VHS tape as the VCR. It was very sweet because Kim Masters corrected him. He was like, no, I know, but that's just what that's we call
1: it. That's what we it. call it in the Badlands. Oh
0: <laughs> It was very cute. Sweet boy. And he has a very pregnant girlfriend. Oh. So he didn't go to Cannes. Well, I guess that means she's had the baby now. I would assume not put that together, but he says he didn't go. He's to Cannes. a dad now. Yeah, I love his that. His girlfriend was very pregnant.
1: So I'm really, and I bet
0: he's a great dad.
1: I bet he's a great dad too. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm, I'm not going to reject your linearity because now I want to talk about when he wakes up, and then we get the title, and then this, um, I, I hesitate the to call writer. it. A, I hesitate to call it a Me montage. I will just say it's a sequence I that. of isolate. I'm just I'm not letting Ben do this today. Uh, we just see these moments of the writer just going about his day. We don't know what's happened to him. Our only clue is this white bandage on his head. But he wraps his head up in cellophane, takes a shower. No, he's already with a buck
0: knife. No, I know, I know. I'm just taking, taking... the thing out of his head. Okay. I was oh, about I was to say, really grossed about out to say out took, the took a buck knife
1: to the staples and pulled them out okay. and then wraps his head I was just about to say but I was grossed out but I love that we are dropped in media res mm-hmm. I lo- it reminds me so much of Morvan Keller, actually in a way that we are just thrown into this predicament and we have to catch up like mm-hmm. Chloe Zhao is trusting us as an audience to- I thought of
0: Andrew Hay Mm. His other movies. Not Lena. Not movies. Lena. I Lena P. mean, Lena P. P does this. It's not interesting. But yeah. in 45 Years and a Weekend, we can, we've just thrown into their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess what I'm saying is that... And, and you're right. But th- there's something... There's a bit of like a puzzle box element to the first 5-10 minutes of this film, mm-hmm. which is why I make to think of Morvan Keller. is that we know that something... Has happened. Yeah, something has happened that has fundamentally shifted the life of our main character. And we know that because of the way that our director is capturing them in the frame. It's these sort of, uh, like, very intense close-ups, but that are basically inserts, like, that are sort of askew and not Mm -hmm. covering our character in the more familiar, safe ways, we might assume. Like, it's not just a straight-on, there's a sun shining through the window, like, we are in a dark kitchen and we are watching a man take a knife to his head, but it feels normal. Yeah. Something that shouldn't be normal is
2: normal. Mm -hmm. And so we
1: have to catch up and figure out, like we have to decode what exactly is our character's predicament.
2: Yeah. And. What was I
0: going to say? I don't know.
2: Oh, well, I was just just going to break. Let's take a break. Should we take, should should we take a tight five? (laughs) No. Um, you silly goose no no No.
0: this has been movies imo
2: (laughs) (laughs) no what was i gonna say um i'll just say something else uh some of the shots in this uh i don't know who the cinematographer is i should probably know that we can look that up right now but it's a free named man it's gorgeous
1: (laughs) makes me think of uh, a lot of horses
2: in silhouette twin peaks he's in
1: silhouette yes well, Lots of War Warhorse Joshua, Joshua War
0: Wishes. Lots of shooting. Well, lean on Pete Wishes. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> shooting against Golden Hour Sunset. Yes. Yes. I was thinking Just some, like Jackie. right, by Pablo Lorraine. Well,
1: I spent a lot of time wondering how she got this silhouette so perfect. Yeah. Like, was she putting up flags by the camera just to block out any other light coming mm-hmm. in? Like, only because how does the sun not totally wash out... Your frame, like right, they are yeah, like these beautiful golden hour probably. silhouettes.
0: There was probably a lot of magic. Also, they raised quite, quite the post budget for this movie, and there was a lot of digital work done. Because well, the horses oh. are all CGI, right? Yeah, the horses are all fake. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I will say on, on humor, the... <laughs> we love to laugh. There was what? A, there was a lot of digital and color work done though.
1: With some of the skies, probably. I... But they
0: still have to capture the raw data. Of course. Data.
1: No, it, that doesn't... I'm not dissuaded or devaluing the achievement anyway. I, Since we are sort of talking... One of our themes here is the blending of documentary and fiction, even though Chloe says it's not a documentary, which it isn't, and that's an insult to her, and it's an affront to documentarians, I will say that something that reminds me of boyhood in this film is the way that it does oh, capture life unfolding in the frame. It's certainly tied to a narrative... But you are watching a, you are watching a physical act divorced, or I, I got to try and be more specific than that. You're wa- you're just watching, like, life happen divorced of the filmmaking. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done doing such a poor job of trying to say what I'm trying to say, because my example is Brady training the horses. I was going to bring that scene because, up. Because she's, in, and she does it a couple times, right? But... She is capturing the process of a wild animal being tamed in the frame. Mm-hmm. And it is not, you can't fake that.
2: Yeah. It's just Brady, the real person doing what he right. does, what he's good at.
1: Right. And so, like I was saying earlier, like the least interesting thing about the movie is that these characters are playing themselves. But one of the benefits of going going that route is that your actor is, there's a level of authenticity, mm-hmm. but... That makes it sound so dry, like we're just watching real life have him. It's so thrilling to watch. It's so rare. The way she shoots it and the way... Well, it's two Because he is the horse, it's like two beings defined by their own physicality. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the beginning of Foxcatcher with Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo with the wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then the wrestling in this film does too. But
2: you are watching...
1: You are watching an animal being tamed on screen and there's yeah. nothing faked about it
2: yeah. yeah it's those scenes really really like but that, won me over just to
1: make sure that no one thinks that what I'm saying is remarkable about the film is that she manages to capture real life which is great but that sort of makes you think that she's not doing much work she's just sticking her camera there The editing in this film is incredible. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things I want to talk about, but I'll just speak specifically to these taming sequences. The way that she establishes her location through insert shots, through wider shots, like the shot variety is very... uh, There's a clear progression to it. Like, I love when the rope... We watch, like, the rope tighten, like, around one of the posts. Mm -hmm. She does such a great job multiple times in this film, like, starting the action in the foreground of the frame, and then it goes back. Whether it's with horses, like getting out of the gate at the rodeo or just like the rope, which is going to the, towards the back of the frame because it's attached to a horse, like tightening, but like she goes, she'll, she'll do like a quick cut to that, then to our horse. So like, I'll talk more about this later when we talk about the safties and Sean Baker, but she is presenting the illusion of reality. Right. And there are elements that are real life unfolding, but it, she is constantly reminding you that you are watching a movie yeah. through the editing and the very distinct purposeful Choices of cinematography.
2: Yeah, even though you're watching r- real life in quotes, but like in the Tamey moments, it actually is just him doing what he does. But it's very clear; it's 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 extremely cinematic the whole time. It it's never Chima. looks or feels like a documentary.
0: It's Chima,
2: exactly. Yeah, Ma. Um, I agree. I agree.
0: I love when he watches himself on YouTube. Yes, because that's another thing. Yep. you wouldn't be able to get that. In the same way. You can mm-hmm. shoot a scene, a rodeo scene, mm-hmm. but it just feels that it also just lends its authenticity to it. And it's just like, it's just like a magic thing that can only exist because it already exists. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And I just love the integration of the iPhone technology anyway, mm-hmm. because we think of the rodeo as a sort of rarefied, extinct, or disappearing. Yeah. World that exists in an analog space. And the fact that we see footage on iPads and iPhones mm-hmm. throughout is a reminder that these are, th- this is a world that we don't know anything about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but that still exists. Right? Yeah.
0: And again, we will get back to the fascination like, with marginal characters later when we talk about Baker and Sadies. Movies and content about quote-unquote, people living in rural America on the margins of society, and we are not understood—understood? Understood? We do not understand them to have this sort of technology. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like we are— We led, think of them on the prairie. We are led Jairus. to believe yeah. that they just live completely outside of the internet or that they are too poor to have, have access these things. But it's like no They're also living in 2018 right? In a lot of the same ways that we are mm-hmm. Even though they're not in a the city They yeah. still have these things
1: Right and this is like not by any stretch A Trump movie mm-hmm. um, But it does actually lend credence To the idea of coastal
0: elites Like the fact that yeah. we
1: bring in those own preconceptions There's no right.
0: condescension And there's no editorializing Of what she's doing It's perfectly doing. frank And I think that's really special, especially, like, someone who, her experience in the United States of America, Chloe Zhao, if you don't know, if you are listening for the first time, she was born in Beijing, grew up in Beijing until, like, middle school, went to high school in London and L.A., went to college in the United States, and then went to NYU Mm -hmm. Tisch for grad school, so she's been in America for a very long time, and in English-speaking countries for a very long time, but she's not from... "Quote unquote the West," right?
1: And the reason why Ben clarifies, if you're listening for the first time, is because as regular listeners will know, every episode we do detail Chloe Zhao's biography. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a recurring. Uh, it's not even a so bit. So this it's is just, your first
0: episode. Yeah, that's Chloe Zhao's life. To
1: everyone else, thank you for listening to Ben. I mean, we've all sort of taken turns. Mm-hmm. Like some of us <laughs> spend a little more time in <laughs> Beijing. Some of us are obsessed with the dorm details of Tish. But <laughs> anyway, thank you, Ben, no, she and watch to, and to show. I know. I, as soon as I said that
0: she didn't live in a dorm, God I know. Damn it, God. She went to Mount Holyoke for undergrad. Get
1: out. Did she? Uh-huh. I mean, I know this because we talk about it every We talk week, about it are you, fucked with- <laughs> you know who else went to Mount Holyoke? <laughs> no, I don't. Tell me. Emily motherfucking Dickerson. Oh, well. good
0: for
1: her. Emily Dickinson. I'm thinking of John Dickerson. I was like, Sorry. Dickerson? No, I'm- okay, I knew I what it you meant. I um, thought that
0: was a joke. It
1: wasn't a joke. I'm embarrassed, but my mind went to John Dickerson. It was a bit. The Press. I thought it was a
0: humorous bit.
2: I love a bit. It's hilarious.
0: I get it's real.
1: Lit on
2: a bit. Um, what was my point there? Um, oh, your, your point she's is that she's, coming
0: she, into yeah a society that she's not familiar with, and she is able to cast it in a lens that is fully embracing of it. We often talk about people come to America or people go into different cultures and they make a satire of that, or it's like. Paul Verhoeven, or, I don't know, Sam Mendes making American Beauty. Yeah. It's like they're outside of it, and so they poke fun at it. Sure, but there's none of that in this movie.
2: Yeah, it's just observing and... it's just showing what, what, humanity. It's, I yeah. think that's why
1: the film has such a deep intimacy between the camera and its characters, why there's sort of a spiritual bond happening between the film and its inhabitants, is because she is... Uh, a listener and an observer. Clearly she's not grafting her own artificiality, her own artificial idea of what this rodeo world is. Mm-hmm. She's done the work. Yeah. She's sort of, it reminds me of Barbara Koppel a little bit in Harlan mm-hmm. County. Like mm. so, she's so clearly ingratiated herself with these people because she captures every, it's like that sort of statement that means nothing, but sort of means everything. Like she just knows exactly where to place her camera at all times to capture the full scope of this world in intimate detail. She knows the small details to focus on. And
0: you only can get that if you've spent time with these people and if they trust you to share their world with you. Yeah, I was thinking not to shit on Lean on Pete again, but I feel like in like one shot of Brady in the shower, I know more about this person's class situation than after like full conversations that Steve Buscemi and Chloe Sevigny had. That's because... No,
2: absolutely. uh, I I, I kept thinking about Lean on Pete too and, and like how how much characterization happens in just showing mm-hmm. and not, like tries to
1: explain. Yeah. Everything.
2: And it's like, Oh God, like mm-hmm. the rider, I, I got Brady's situation. I got his family situation like immediately. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and like, they are very
1: different movies, but they do course. take place with people in similar socioeconomic strata.
2: Right. And similar, like, you know, they were doing horse racing. They were doing rodeo, but still like some sort of a sport involving horse. That mm-hmm. is their livelihood. Yeah. Um, they're tied to the land. Tied to the land and to the animal. <laughs> We're all
0: animals. <laughs> We're all animals. Me, the um, animals. I'm AI because I got my tooth place. Yeah,
1: Ben has a fake tooth. Wow.
0: No, I don't Sitting have the tooth Sitting at the yet. table with Sophia it's the robot. screw for now. Show me. You can't. It's like deep. It's already in the gums. Your tooth um, is
2: just a screw. They. What is this, Mad Max?
0: There, there's a. Oh. <laughs> the implant is a two part procedure. First, they put the screw in. the The bone has to fuse into it. A oh, fusion. fusion. And then they put a cap on it. So when
1: you eat, can you sort of feel the screw uh-huh. chomp? Oh, is it deep in? Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's. I can touch it, and like I know it's there. You have it. You have a screw in your mouth, like Brady has a staple in his head. Yeah. Except your screw is there to stay and his yeah. staples fall out. I'm AI,
0: I told you. I'm Hal from 2001 now. I told you, no, oh. you're Gigolo Joe. No, oh. I don't like that. How did... You're, t- at, you're Hal, sorry. I don't really like that.
2: Daisy. How Do we know? I mean, I'm sure she said it in interviews, so I'm sure one of you I know. did a lot
0: of reading, so... Oh, how ben did just Chloe, how how did like Chloe, like Chloe come, come across? Ben,
2: I mean,
1: I know you were trying to sound it out. Mm-hmm.
2: To...
0: What did you ask?
2: How that? did Chloe come across Brady and his fam?
0: When she was making Songs My Brother's Time. Oh, right? that's right. Yeah. Were, it's all in the Badlands. And she, and she got, just, like, met
2: them. And she
0: got really interested in, like, the rodeo world. Mm-hmm. And then um she saw Brady training horses. And she was like, there's a movie there. Yeah. And it was after that that he got hurt. Wow. wow. So the whole movie changed then. Mm-hmm.
3: And think so about there that, was because I'm, the movie. The, the, the wow. movie
1: she would have made, pro- I mean.
2: Would have been just as good.
1: Right, no, but I mean, like, it's impossible to divorce these men from their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the battered, bruised bodies that they use in order to put on these shows. The, I'm sure the movie, in some way, would have paid close attention to their muscles, like, to yeah. their bodies in that way, but there's something so special about the fact that. The soul of our character, like I said, is fighting with this shell that he has mm-hmm. defined himself by. So um, this is not the Zama episode, but when we all went to go see Lucretia Martel speak it's a couple weeks Zama's ago. Th- it's the Zama Zorner. It's the Zama Orner. Oh my God. Let's, let's do, let's <laughs> do a, a quick... Is that a new bit? Let, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, so so quick, let, let's do a quick Zama Zorner. <laughs> Lucretia Martel was there to do a Q&A for Zama and for the Holy Girl that weekend, and she said this great... She just had this amazing observation, which is that in our films, like we have to get away from this idea that the eyes are the window into the soul because it's a disaster. But what she's saying is, is that you have an entire body to work with here. Like you have an entire fucking corporeal being, you have an entire vessel like Mm -hmm. that expresses just as much, if not more than the eyes. Like you're basically using 2% of the body. And this movie makes full use of Brady's body.
2: Yeah it does. Beautiful. The
1: hand the back, his pussy, his crack Oh! But his hand oh. and his back Yeah. Wow. His head of course
2: Yeah whenever the hand would grip and wouldn't let go I was just like
1: Rigamoldus. It just
2: made me so upset. You were like what if the horse runs off? What if the horse runs off? <gasps> and like what That's if the fear. It's there gonna was... be like Zama when they're on There the was one himself. moment especially where like he couldn't let go that where I was like Something's gonna happen. Yes, I kept thinking something's gonna happen. That's like he's gonna like suspenseful. It is. Yeah, that's it. Yes, there's something. I hear the ice cream man. It's
1: hold probably, for sound
2: probably
0: <laughs> drugs like why else it's the <laughs> coldest day of the past like, three weeks there's an ice cream in at 10 p.m <laughs> like, nine.
1: we'll we'll talk about um tangerine in a little bit here but ben by the way homework i have a little bit more to say about the right
0: I, I i i all you. right
1: i i i comma a i is what you would say i tanya i i oh, then... I'm doing Angels
0: in America. I, 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 I am the bird of America. We well, oh. you didn't say the full quote, so I, I, didn't I didn't know where you were going with that. Um, Stop bragging
2: that you're seeing Angels in America,
0: bitch. In less than a week. A week. Will you? Ah, <gasps> <gasps> <sighs> Andrew Garfield. Tony Award nominated. Tony Award nominee Andrew Garfield. See, I didn't think about it when I bought my tickets, but... Ben type in. Jeff Lady that on that computer. Everyone is nominated for Tony's means they'll definitely go on this weekend. It's like the one time you could no guarantee is during voting period. Cause the nominating committee will always go to opening night. So if it's before nominations, they could take a day off. But during But the um, heat is on. Yeah. Your microscope get is everyone. Held. Every <laughs> single person is gonna be there. So I'm oh, very excited. Yeah. Um what I was gonna say is we have several movies directed by women like this women this month that are uh like very uh rigorous looks at masculinity yeah the writer Mm -hmm. Zama zama you were never really here Mm -hmm. and i didn't like it but western does fall into this category
1: okay if anyone and they're not but if Anyone who works at Lemley is listening to this podcast. You are on the shit list for your <gasps> oh, one my God. week run yeah. of Western. Really? In the one week that there was no way I could get
0: to the
2: theater. Yeah. I'm furious about it. Was it
0: not anywhere else right no. now? No. No, it was just the one week at the music hall. Bye. The and I could have hall seen thing. it Is at that AFI the Fest? Lemley's problem
2: or whoever distributed its problem? I'm blaming the Lemley. All right. Okay. Uh, We will Venmo you, Lemley, $10. <laughs> I get Wait, no.
0: I give the Limley plenty of money, true via Same. movie pass. But right, they hey, still get the it's money. It's still
1: get, they still get the money. Mm.
2: Um, but that's a very good observation. Went, went to the
1: Limley to see the writer. By the way,
2: I went I to did, my did landmark. To the landmark. I went to the landmark. Had a lot of olds. No one was under eighty in my showing. It I was would have very the riveting. Landmark if
0: it was not, if I didn't have
2: the book to pick up. Oh yes, the book. Hat tipped of Romans Pulitzer Prize Best winning store in Los Angeles. Book Romans, Romans. I get lit off Romans. So the fun. time we went to see Personal Shopper and browsed Romans. Y'all saw Aww.
1: Personal Shopper together?
2: Yeah, yeah. with Lauren. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: that the first time? Why, I are you, Lauren? why are
2: you leaving this podcast every five minutes? I
1: feel excluded.
2: Bye. <laughs> Good. i'm <laughs> Just kidding. Now I'm wow. the bully. Tables are turned. Wow. We all take turns. We're gonna we're boy. gonna get a two star review, I and this time I'm right the now. bully. I'm the bully now. <laughs> I'm the bully. I'm uh, bully. Was that the first time I met Lauren? Probably.
0: Probably.
1: But which one of us is the ant bully is the real question.
2: A N
0: T A U N T. The A-N-T. movie The Ant, A-N-T Bully? A-N-T-C-U-N-T? A-N-T yes. Sure is. <laughs> is it animated? What is that? It <laughs> <laughs> came out in... T- How the fuck is that in your head? came out like, bring like that up. 06, 07? I have no
2: idea what that is. <gasps> the ant bully.
0: I guess I don't really have anything to say about the masculinity as noted by the ladies lately, but there's something to be said about... That it's happening. The feminine gaze. Well, I think it speaks to... The female gaze,
1: I think it speaks to how strong an environment Chloe Zhao is able to conjure here. That toxic masculinity is certainly... By the way, Barry is what I was thinking of. Barry just had a toxic masculinity bit. Mm. Um... It it is part of the wallpaper, and it is it is an establishing uh, fiber between the father and son. Mm-hmm. But and, and it is also um, with the buddies, of course, is a large part of the They want him to get back in the ring, mm-hmm. even though he's going to die because you have to prove that. Like it's this, it's cowboy culture, you know. Pull yourself up. Pull yourself your up. Boots. Your, but but also the idea yeah. of like cowboy up, mm-hmm. and and this is another reason why I love Idiot. that moment between him and the father when he's like, "Whatever happened to cowboy up, dad?" But she never goes out of her way to have like someone hit somebody in that way. Like, mm-hmm. or I guess he Brady does. Brady does, I guess, in the bar. But my point is, is that it's just she doesn't. There's just there's no sign that says toxic masculinity in the background. It just feels completely enmeshed in the environment and in this world. And it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the filmmaker decided to explore this idea. And it begins and ends with the first and last frame. Yeah. It feels like this world has existed forever and she just put her camera in it for these two hours mm-hmm. and that it will continue to exist afterwards.
0: And that's true of the way the toxic masculinity is explored in these other movies is that it's not what the movie is about. I mean, it is, but it is It's now. the backdrop. It's, it's the, just part of it. It's yeah. part of a rich tapestry of ideas. What I'm tra- I
1: guess what I'm trying to say is like, she's, rich not, she's not a rap- rich tapestry. A rich tapestry that's famous to the touch. She's not (gasps) grafting this idea on. (gasps) It is so inherent in the world. It feels natural. It feels Ben's least favorite descriptor. Lived lived in. in.
2: Lived in. So I just want to
1: say two moments um, of editing that I really love in this film before we move on. I'm sure. I mean, we don't have to move on, but I just have to make sure we get him in. When when Brady is bored at home on the couch and he's just flinging cards Mm -hmm. into the living room. And then we cut from him throwing it. To just this vast canyon mm. in the Badlands. Mm-hmm. And then we leave and then we go somewhere else. Yeah. But she does such a great job of tying the character's own interiority to the land itself. And where she does it there, it just brings this whole, it conjures up this whole sense of loneliness, mm-hmm. of emptiness, where he, like in his heart, in his head, it is that canyon and he has to fill it up with something now. Mm-hmm. And then also, I guess I, my point here is about the, how the editing ties the characters to the land as sort of a spiritual bond. But the other moment I love is when his friends, like, drag him out of bed to, like, go drink by the bonfire. Mm-hmm. And we get this incredible wide shot where the moon is, like, in the mm-hmm. center top of yes. the frame. And then we cut to daytime. And there's just something about how these days, like, bleed into one another. Yeah, And it's just, it's it's done in a moment. It's done in a flash. And... It's tied to the land, and I, you know, we did, haven't even talked about the Terrence Malick element here. Too, yeah, the way that she. I oh, was just going to yeah. say there are two
0: things that I want to talk about before we do move on. One is Terrence Malick. Terry. Um, Terry. Terry. My second favorite Terry. In my in my learning to read by reading Chloe Zhao reviews and interviews, Um, <laughs> <Sound> it out. <laughs> she talks about how when you grow up in China and you're interested in film. The movies that you are able to see not able to see but able to understand are movies that are more visual because it's another language mm-hmm. and so she specifically brings up woody allen versus terrence malick and she mm. could never care about woody allen because it's all in the dialogue and that is hard to be translated but Terrence Malick is 100% a visual experience and that she refers to him as Terry Malick. And she talks about the way that he has inspired her in like these beautiful naturalistic images. And she's really taken that to heart. And by naturalistic, Ben, of course, does not mean lived in. No. He means the natural world. I don't believe in lived in. (laughs) I, I mostly agree with you on that. The movie should be lived in. All no, movies. All
1: movies. Unless. unless it's a movie. You no, know, not every movie shouldn't be lived in. It depends on what the circumstances
0: of our character are. Yeah, and but if it's a if fish out of water story. If you're using lived in as a compliment, then the movie should well, be Well, like lived Roy
1: in. Anderson's movies aren't lived in. Well, you know, they're dioramic. Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those. I don't okay, watch those. Next. I mean, I just haven't seen any of his
0: movies. Um, And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Yes? Are.
2: Ooh. The plural. I was like, don't you mean is?
0: Or <laughs> the running scenes.
2: I'd love to
0: talk about that. when. He Where the horse is galloping.
2: Uh-huh. The final shot of the film. And
0: the cameras. The cameras is rushing along with. Yeah. Yeah. It's very special. It's really it's
1: breathtaking. So well, it, it, yeah. it's, it's, it is his soul running free. There's a mm. reason why she captures him in states of boredom, in these static states of
2: doing whatever not, not ex- like
1: he's existing but in his mind he's not existing like mm-hmm. there's just something so slouched about all of those scenes so that the first time we see him ride on a horse and the camera just moves right with the horse it is so cathartic you is really the, the horse feel gets, his soul fly the, ho- the horse that they sell yeah because gus. he has gus. the last ride right on gus mm-hmm. right
2: and then apollo's, the, apollo's the other horse. The horse he trains but yeah. then there's that in between horse that he trains really well and then what happens to him i think so he, he just, just, just does it for a job yeah, just oh he just horse. paid yeah but then Apollo becomes his, yeah. and then that's the one that gets barbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Apollo. Poor Apollo. In the end, his name was can't not out. Himself,
0: himself,
1: just, just like Brady. Them. Except if Brady were a horse, but he's not. He'd
2: be dead. But because I'm a human, I get to
1: live. So, no,
2: I have to live. Um, so we, we appreciate... Right? Doesn't he say I he have he to live?
1: Real, all of us really appreciate
2: the fact that there's no moment in this film where someone says,
1: Brady, can't get attached to that horse. Mm-hmm. It's just
2: a horse. But because Lean on Pete said it 30 times. So does
1: War horse. Every movie does. Every But Lean movie. on
2: Pete, it r- they like really... They attached to the horse. Chloe Chloe Sevigny says, don't get attached to the horse 18,000
0: times. Every but minute. But there That's is only line but in the movie. But hold on. She just says it with different intonations.
2: <laughs> don't get attached to that horse. Don't get attached to that horse. Charlie, don't get attached to that horse.
0: It's like the, the acting exercise where one person just says A and then the person just says B and your emotions have to go. Also demeanor. just happened on Barry. Hey, nice. Nice. Nice.
1: Nice. Uh Nietzsche. But there is a moment in this movie where his dad says, Son, it's the best thing we could do to the horse. It's the kindest thing, it's the right thing to do to the horse. We gotta kill it. <laughs> and that Were is you when- an extra in the rider?
0: I don't yes. think it's he's that effusive about it. <laughs> no,
1: I just kept I just kept <laughs> reshifting what I was going to say. I was racking my lenses of speech, but
0: it does have that. Not a knock he... against the movie. I just want to say like it does have that cliche. See, I love when they sell Gus. The dad says he's part of the family and it's his turn to help us make a living. I like that too. I like that, that. Yeah, that was
2: cool. Yeah.
1: And there's no Brady being like he's not la- he's not like like stomping his feet like <laughs> the horse's hind <high laughs> legs. Like he's, he knows he gets it. He knows. Yeah,
2: he gets it. It's just all of it feels so real. None of it
0: Authenticity. is.
1: Authenticity. Authenticity. Specificity. Interiority. Brandon's
0: favorite word. Specificity. Breeds universality.
2: Specificity. Specificity. Breeds universality. <laughs> mm-hmm. specificity. Specificity <laughs> breeds Excellent. Moving on to our homework. Ahem. So. So. We did. Let's start with the softies. Oh wait! Can we can it? we can we end on the soft contemporary American independence? Well, Let's sure. start at the beginning. Rome open. Stop selling drugs. There's an ice cream truck outside. Can we re? Can we, re- can we re- re-
0: recreate the magic? Yeah, of the, the quiet place the bit. Place bit. bit? The Which I, wasn't a bit. It was
2: all very it was all real. real. The ice cream so truck is real. riding away, and Talk a woman is running in the street with her. her oh my <laughs> god! She got shot. <laughs> oh.
0: Wow. wow. Oh <laughs> Wow. So um, Wow Wow. So we're gonna talk about <laughs> The first Italian neorealist film. Ben, I'm middle aged housewife now.
2: Ben has cocooned himself. Roberto He's Rosalini's. wrapped himself up in a hoodie. I love how Italian that movie is. Rome open city. It get me it got me lit.
0: Cita Abierta and believe. Roma.
2: Roma.
1: By the way, Ben is of Italian stock.
2: Same. Uh,
0: Are y'all both little Italian I stallions over were. here? Yeah. We have, oh my God. Neither of us have Italian last names.
1: So the theme my of the episode is, is not near realism. It too. is
0: Italians and stallions. Oh.
1: And that is the link. Hmm? Wow. Hmm? Italian Oh, Italians. I get it. So hmm. I didn't have time to... Re- I saw this in college, like, I think my first semester... And because I'd never seen any Italian neorealism, I was obviously struck by the things that you would expect to be struck by. I'm like, really loose narrative. Real life is happening in the frame. These cityscapes don't look staged. The camera, like, they're just acting inside of them. Mm-hmm. Like, those are really bombed out. And that lady who's washing her shirt in the background is not an extra. Yeah. So that's all I have to say, because I haven't seen this movie um, in 10 years, so
0: I need y'all to... Shot in secret during Mm -hmm. the nine months that Germany had occupied Italy before While it was an open city.
2: I read that after the fact, and I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that was, like, why this movie's such a landmark.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And... That's insane. Roberto Rossellini captures his home and what was happening to his home and the things that people were going through. Mm Mm-hmm in a very direct and immediate way that still functions as a narrative film. Yeah. He casts Anna Magnani, who's a star. And so that sort of the world that
1: we're existing in does mm-hmm. not feel artificial, therefore feels a little more documentary style, but because we see her, we are reminded that we are in a movie. It's fully scripted.
0: Uh, yeah. There's a full orchestral score.
2: Oh my god, I love the score. It's beautiful, it's so
0: beautiful good. Score. And it's
2: very, very the writer, very similar.
0: And it's very, so. What do
2: you so styles tie it to the writer here? Because like I said, I just, just the fact that like it's fully and scripted, he... it's you're never not aware that this is a film, but you're also fully aware that like oh, this was actually like he brought happening. it out of
0: stories that he knew was happening in the city such as like there are the the dancer slash prostitute that is trying to save herself and like s- sells information to the nazis mm-hmm. and she doesn't think things are going to go as poorly as they do yeah and she is the uh She's a concubine for the woman Nazi. Oh yeah. There's a shot of them they. They are of, so intimate. Of them on the couch, the, the, Shea the Lounge has her arm <laughs> draped around the. It's so Marlena. It's her my It's my favorite shot ever. It's so good. <laughs> and we see, um, I forget what their names are, but Anna Magnani is involved in like black market dealing Mm -hmm. and she gets people the food that they need and the the things that they are not supposed to be able to get with their rations in wartime and i don't know if she runs the apartment house but she yeah it seems to be like unofficially in charge at least yeah and like people come to her and she knows where everyone is and what everyone is doing yeah and she is pregnant and she is not married and that's a very scandal thing and uh there's a very dark moment where she's talking to the priest about that and about the war and she says doesn't jesus see us and he's like well maybe jesus has he's punishing us with the war <laughs> like god oh yeah yeah. The, yeah and it's very bleak and i don't know how i feel about that as a as an atheist that that part is in the movie
1: or is an illiterate because she
0: was sort of red for felt there yeah it's so rude i love the priest ah uh, the priest so the 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 landmark scene in the movie I, I don't want to spoil this because I'm sure
1: that no, people haven't, haven't seen, seen the film, it. and I really don't want to spoil it. But can you talk around
0: it in a yeah. way? The landmark what? scene in the movie. What? I mean, I'll just say the premise of the scene. Just say the scene. No, the no, 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 The movie came out eighty
1: years ago. No, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sh- I know that most people who are listening to this probably haven't seen Rome Open City, they, which is not a knock.
0: It's just we God, don't talk about Italian. telling are listening If she they. Come to the apartment building because they know Anna Magnani's soon to be husband is a rebel and he's working with the allies and at this point Italy, Mussolini is dead Italy has surrendered to the allies which is why Germany invaded and occupied so no one is to be trusted in Italy anymore. Most well
1: informed yet illiterate professor I've ever met by the way. I'm living
0: for this lecture. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My father loves World War Two; He loves it, so I know a lot. Um, your husband, Vicky. Yeah. Vicky's Woo! husband, Jay. Um, Vicky also loves World War Two. I loves, love that. She, she was sad when I told her that Phantom 3rd was not... About smuggling war secrets out through the dresses, which is what <laughs> she just assumed it was about. And that's she, amazing. She thinks that's a better movie. Well, everybody oh. hasn't seen. Everybody knows that the clue that won the war was never was cursed in the dress.
1: Everybody <laughs> knows that, so it's a fair mistake to make. You it's see it true. in the trailer. It's an yeah. iconic line. I mean, it, it, it's why we're you all sitting assume. here today.
0: Um. So they remove everyone. They evacuate the building. Everyone is standing outside. And they're searching for the one man, and that's the premise of the big scene that mm-hmm. everyone knows and it's like it's a tracking shot that's burned into my brain and mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it's gritty and real, and like the the Nazis like running up the stairs, it's so cinematic, ragging people out it's like it's still like yeah they're like we see often, the way in like climaxes is shadows cinematic. of like, the Nazis entering homes and removing people. We don't actually see the full people. There's a lot of, like, German expressionism in the film, even though it is totally done in reality. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, You're not going to say what happens? I'm not. All right. I'll, and that's the end of part one, the right? end of part one. When that oh, yeah. happened, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, there's I more love, to come. I love there's parts. So I just watched movie a
1: movie that I can't say what it was. But I, but that involved parts. I, love and I got parts. Um, I will say this involved. This is true about pretty much everything we're talking about, all the films we're talking about. But another element to Rome Open City that I'll never forget, you know, is the image of those bombed out buildings, mm-hmm. of the dirt between the road and the sidewalk. It's a document of what Rome and as Ben was saying, this is a movie that was surreptitiously filmed against mm-hmm. the fascist regime. Uh, and, and in an Open City, no less, as reflected in the title, obviously, it's a dumb thing to say. But it, this this, this is a document of what this place and what this culture looked like at this time, mm-hmm. which is also true of the writer, which obviously is true of everything else we're talking about. But um, that is where neorealism, I, I really... I, it, it's sort of, for me, like the roots of... And, and it's just I wish I had a better word than documents because obviously documentary is from the root of document, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's narrative films that not only function on an emotional story level but also give you a glimpse into a world that is stripped of artificiality and is a is a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Time capsule is how I'll say it, instead of document.
0: Yeah. and this applies to what we'll talk about in a moment with the American independent cinema right now. But the, the thing that neorealism did is it gets around the barrier for entry of the cinematic tradition which includes a lot of money and a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of bullshit and neorealism was just like we are taking the camera to the streets it's a level of direct Mm -hmm. cinema and it hadn't happened in Italy before it had barely happened at all on this sort of scale in the world until Rossellini And Vittorio De Sica did it. De Sica! De Sica.
1: Umberto D! Give me some of that, Umberto D! It's
0: it's a bit of a cliche to say that Bicycle Thieves is one of my favorite movies, but it truly is one Mm -hmm. of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, Where where was I going with this? Well, you were
2: shifting to the current Independence. And it
0: helped, it like, he is able to just get his camera. And if he hadn't, if he had tried to get, like, financing in a traditional way, it would have been 1949 by the time he was able to make this movie. Yeah. And he was able to just get the camera, get out there, and make it.
1: There's something that, and once we talk about the, Ameri- the current American independent cinema, because as we, s- I remember it saying on the Florida Project episode, the way that Sean Baker is pulling from Italian neorealism and the French New Wave stylistically. Mm-hmm. But there is something that I think ties together Italian neorealism and French New Wave, which yes. is just scrapping together resources yes. and shooting. Obviously, the French New Wave is about disruption on some level, it's about mm-hmm. playfulness with the form, and Italian neorealism is a much more direct approach to cinema and capturing truth in the frame. But I just there's something so romantic about just like using whatever film stock mm-hmm. you can get your hands on, and that's going to be the medium we shoot yeah. in.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There's just something so scrappy about it that these days when we talk about guerrilla filmmaking, I feel like Robert Robert Rodriguez tends to dominate that conversation because he like wrote he literally like wrote a book on it, and mm-hmm. I find that so infuriating because I don't want to talk about El Mariachi when we talk right. about resourcefulness for film. I want to talk about something that has an emotional impact. It's not just about we did it in secret. We did it again. We we broke all the rules to make our badass movie. It's not that. It's about telling a story that reaches your soul.
0: Right. The thing about Rome Open City is that he's making a movie about people whose lives are not typically, were not then typically shown in the movies. Again,
1: marginalized characters. And they're just these
0: incredibly poor. One of the main characters is a prostitute. One of the main the main character is pregnant and unmarried. And it's just like these are such things that especially in Hollywood you couldn't make a movie about these characters in this way without them being duly punished for what they do. And neorealism just like blew the doors off that.
1: And this is not neorealism, but Fellini gets his start in neorealism. Mm-hmm. And a movie like Knights of Kiberia is sort of the perfect midpoint between his roots as a resourceful documentarian type filmmaker Mm -hmm. of just capturing the world around him and then putting his story into it and then where the sort of more fantastical directions Fellini's uh, career goes in. Um, But what you said makes me think of how Kiberia is a prostitute and yet we look at her with empathy and her life has meaning it is it, it, it has a validity of purpose and you wouldn't get that in the hollywood cinema yeah which is a big reason why the and new that, american cinema they are so influenced by these european art films by the new wave and more new wave but also new realism just this idea of portraying stories and characters who are certainly marginal when compared I mean, to mainstream stories yeah, yeah
2: and that. It's totally Sean Baker's M.O.
1: Yeah, and it's also the Safdie's M.O. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, Sean Baker most of all, in, in the in American and the Phoenix I know MO. we didn't
0: talk about this previously, but I would also think we should bring up Barry Jenkins in this conversation. Sure. Because Moonlight ha- yeah, sure. Moonlight does not fall under this, like, blurring fiction and documentary, but it is the true story of the playwright whose name I'm forgetting right now, Terrell, Terrell Alvin McCraney. Yes. Yeah. And it is a movie that just like breaks down the barriers of what is happening in American movies today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, yeah, that's a good example. And he just, I mean, it's just like all of these movies, it just frustrates me so much that there is no middle class in cinema today. And it's just like, we have, I don't even know how I'm trying to get to this point or why, but like, these you have to make the, you have to make these movies this way there's no other way and that's how it was with neorealism and that's how it was when kirostami was making movies in iran you have to make it this way because there is no other option and it's, yeah it's a matter of trying to take what you have and turn it into art mm-hmm.
1: Have either of you seen Where is the Friend's House? I sure
2: have. Mm-hmm. I love
1: that film. And that's a great example of what you're talking about. Like we have these two villages and we have this hill.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what we're working with. And it's like, let's make a move. Yeah. Let's find a movie. We'll do a little
1: zither score, you know, <laughs> like we'll get that going on. But like that boy is going to run up that hill. He's going to run up and down. And then we're going to shoot in this village because this mm-hmm. is what we've got. But we're going to tell a story that reaches your soul mm-hmm. and that has deeper existential complications to okay. it. But I love that you bring up Barry Jenkins because one thing I want to talk about in this school of the new American American independent cinema that is primarily concerned with marginalized characters, with presenting a more realistic um, environment in their films, exploring realism, but does it with an unmistakable cinematic attitude. And what I love about the Barry Jenkins example is the very beginning of Moonlight when we are introduced to Juan Mahershala Ali, of course, In Liberty City And he's getting out of the car And he's going to make this deal And the way that the camera Swirls around these two men Mm -hmm. It both captures A 360 degree angle Of this environment It becomes so much more real But that camera movement Is constantly reminding you Of the formal elements Mm -hmm. as well And he's using It's not just a reminder That you're watching a movie I I find that in Moonlight Every time the camera Is swirling around characters It is sort of this conjuring up Of masculinity And and codes and rights Of masculinity Mm -hmm. But you know you're watching a movie, and yet you are watching something unmistakably
0: real. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I know you guys watched heaven knows what for the first time, but I rewatched mm-hmm. Good Time because I didn't want to put myself through the heroin movie again. <gasps> um, it's a lot, but uh, I, I feel like I could
1: watch it again. I just in, I could also watched. same. It I is, couldn't
0: watch when she slices herself again. It is no. an electrifying experience, but in Good Time, I love when the the. The money that blows up the yes. red. Oh, the mm-hmm. powder powder gets yes! all over them. Yes. And they are running through the street and the safties have painted everything on the streets red. There's no way that is real, but it, it's like this incredible combination of hyper real and like this poetic, expressive stylization that is what's happening in America today
1: and something that everybody says about the safties and that they say themselves and they should be given due credit for it and again it's almost I've been pronouncing it
2: safty all my life in my head
1: I've always said "safty," but I don't know think it matters I don't know we can say it however we want but like they're they're shooting stories on blocks they grew up in and Mm -hmm. so they're able to lend a certain level of verite of authenticity to it because they're not capturing it in an artificial way they know it and like I was saying about Chloe Zhao she's ingratiated herself into this world she knows how to capture it this, this this is the primordial ooze that they come from. So, of course, they know the right way to literally frame their story. Okay. But, um, oh, no. <laughs> I lost how I was connecting this to what you were saying. But just, you know, I I find their Zooms to be more of a trademark in terms mm-hmm. of how they are constantly reminding you that they're watching a film. And, and also just using, like, a technical mastery of form to explore their stories. But I love that you bring up how... Okay, this is what I was going to say. Like, I love how... But I love what you just said about how they incorporate red onto those streets, and yet it doesn't feel like a perversion of aesthetic or environment. Mm-hmm. They still are able to make it so tied to reality that you feel dirt under your fingernails by the time yeah. the film ends.
2: So, the heaven knows what mm-hmm. was based off Ariel Holmes' real life. Basically. Real book about her actual life. So and her
0: relationship.
2: So that's the tie into the writer there, is that we're basically... Watching what she actually yeah. lived her she's life doing, herself, a version of herself. She's right, a
0: version of herself. God, it's so funny. and bad. she's phenomenal. In
2: it. She's phenomenal. Caleb Landry Jones is haunting mm-hmm. when he when he burns alive. Oh, that's rough. I was like, "Fuck!"
0: And that. I love what's that, his name, uh, Buddy Duress, who's also in Good mm-hmm. Time.
2: Yeah, and and like you were saying, the way Sleaze the whole the way they use zooms. The way the credits come um, in, a roving camera. Fifteen minutes into the movie, yeah, it's so good. And but
1: then there's scores too. I mean, the, oh, re- the scores. Part of the reason that I think Good Time is a better film is because both films are employing a a type of music that draws attention to itself, but that is still attached to the heartbeat of the characters. And so then when they use the audio tricks point, never, I think is how you pronounce it. Score in Good Time. Um, that compared to the Ariel Pink music mm-hmm. in Heaven Knows What, I just find that it it actually blends into the environment a little bit more. It's less distracting. Um, but the whole... I mean, they're using popular musicians, Ariel Pink and Oniotrix Point, never. These are musicians who are very well-respected in their mm-hmm. fields right now and who... Like, I, I don't know enough about music, but it's just, like, independent, sure. for lack of a more sophisticated term. Mm-hmm. So by pulling from... By pulling from the now, they're both grounding their stories in a more. Con- in, in a, they're just doubling down on the contemporary sense of their filmmaking, but also asking you to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, and it should be a contradiction, but it, it actually just builds an even deeper grain mm-hmm. to what you're watching.
2: Yeah. And heaven knows what, when the score kicks in, I think for the first time, and it's. That we get the title, and it's just over her having that scuffle in the. Rehab In the rehab facility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't hear what anyone's saying, but you mm-hmm. can tell exactly like what's going on. It's just over this insane score. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I would be a hypocrite if I did not bring up that. I also don't know how she's paying for that. I assume it's some sort of like... They're not going to turn you away and she's homeless. Therefore, she's not, she's not going to get kicked out of the hospital. But right. I did make a big show on the Lena and Pete episode of saying that's inauthentic. And so I just don't want to be a hypocrite. I did wonder how'd you pay him for this mm-hmm. but i'm sure that there's a, but with heaven knows what i feel like the safties have an answer to my question yes you know yeah
0: they do i know they do i know it shout out to when i tweeted i wish the safties were hotter on and one of them responded to me we do too Who's the brother oh, now? I forgot about that. Which brother did it? I, they just have one Twitter account. Oh, okay, so I don't They're know. They're just one it's just safeties, I think.
1: So why <gasps> why do we? And, and let's talk about Sean Baker, and then let's take a zoom out here. So one thing I do oh, want yeah. to say about these films as time capsules, Tangerine is a movie that was only made uh, three years ago, or probably made four years ago, but came out three years ago. It takes place like. Three quarters of a mile from where we're sitting right yeah. now, yeah. that block has changed so much. It that that Trejo's Donut Don- Donut Time is owned by Danny Trejo, mm-hmm. and I don't see I don't see nearly as many sex workers on Santa Monica Santa Monica Boulevard as I
0: Where. The taxi driver blows her. That's gone, right? No, that's still there, and that's my favorite car wash. Oh, I just like to throw that out there. I love her. I'm
2: sad I didn't have time to rewatch Tangerine. It's so
1: good. It
0: is so fucking good. It's so good.
2: I.
1: And that's that's as deep as we're going to get. I know. It's good. It's It's just.
2: so good. I love it. It's (laughs) so good. I love the Hamburger Mary scene. I love every scene in the movie, but like.
1: Independent Spirit <sighs> the winner, Maya Taylor.
2: The ending. Just... The ending the where ending they're like so drying bad. their uh-huh. wig. Yeah.
0: Because she can't afford <laughs> another
2: wig. Oh my God. I love... I wanted to... So neither of you watched watched Florida Project, right? No. no. You're both just the tangerine. I wanted to watch Starlet, which I've never mm-hmm. seen.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen
2: it either. Um... But, but yeah, Tangerine. Know. You're you're following uh, Maya and what's the other actress's Kitana name? Katana Kiki
1: Rodriguez.
2: Nice. We, who were both sex workers, right, at the mm-hmm. time when he filmed them. Um, so that's how it ties into the writer. Was Florida Project? But it, that was like all actors. It wasn't actually I like mean, no one actually. Not
1: all, but I mean, it, it's not like the occupants of the hotel were yeah, I mean, like the actual. Kids, yeah. it's certainly not the kids. Anymore. He didn't like
0: write this story out of the lives of people he knows right right,
2: right. so
1: tanger one, one thing that i really it. admire about sean baker as a cis white male filmmaker is his curiosity towards mm-hmm. his subjects and, yeah. and it's not so much a matter of fooling them into trusting him so he can take advantage of their environment as mm-hmm. much as he is a student of their lifestyle and, and of their culture and of their environments and the script empathy empathy baby so the scripts are birthed from observation. Yeah. But it, it's it's more of a heart-to-heart than a... Uh, I feel like he uses his heart more than his eyeballs, mm. even though he certainly has a mm. fine eye for the details as well. Yeah. One thing I want to say again about the Safdies before we move past this, another way that you know you're watching a film is the way that they cover their scenes. I'm obsessed, and I think I talked about it on our Best of Episode, but I'm obsessed with the way that they establish geography in their scenes, which is that they usually start with an insert. It feels very Scorsesean or Tarantino-esque in that way, but... Like for instance, I'm thinking about when they're in that woman Diane's apartment, who they're staying with, mm-hmm. and we start a scene with a close-up of Ariel Holmes's hand, like knocking on the door, and then we move out from there. Like we don't, we are. There's they have such an ability to disorient you mm-hmm. while still giving you a clear idea of where every character is emotionally in the frame, and. As an as an audience member, that's not they're not trying to fool you into thinking you're watching a documentary, and yet there is still a for lack of a less obnoxious word, gritty aesthetic going on. It feels it feels it feels like they're walking into a real environment, but they're still covering their scene in a creative way. Yeah, not to say that Rome Open City doesn't, right. but Rome Open City is much more interested in presenting the world.
2: The world. Ben, what did you tweet? Your coworker said safties use
1: too
0: many close-ups. Too many
1: close-ups. No. And like, all, all, of the, all of
0: these filmmakers the, we're talking about are very I mean, concerned sure. with the close-up. Okay. But, it's, that's it's the, the, the... That's a critique, though?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, the close-ups and the... <laughs> Good like, observation. And? <laughs> and, like, the close-ups and, like, you, you said, Daniel, the roving shots. The following shots across, like, long
0: in sidewalks. the library is so great. Oh, forgot, my God, the, the, the library with, like, shot. zoom-in from yes. the river. Yes! Yes, where half the
1: building is dark and half of it's light, and so much of this movie is about the gray area.
2: Yeah. The woman they stay with in Heaven Knows What. I love her. I love her. Is she herself, like, a drug addict? Or, like, what was her deal? I don't know.
1: I think she was probably just, like, a lonely, middle-class white lady with a lot of empathy and a lot of trust. And she knew they were doing drugs? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that was part of it, is that...
2: She just knew. She wasn't judging them. She was essentially...
1: And it wasn't like a halfway house. I mean, there's the the scene where the the Hasidic Jewish person uh, is like, are you high right now? Oh, yeah. And then once she confirms, like, he gives her money. Mm. And it's it's sort of... I'm not saying these people are, like, so hopeless. Like, they cannot be reformed away from this lifestyle. But, you know, there's a reason why methadone clinics exist. Like, if you're going to say that a drug addict on the street doesn't, like, you shouldn't give them money because they're just going to use it to use drugs is a fundamental misunderstanding of how addiction works. Right. And that, in fact, the most empathetic thing you could do is, like, it, it's not your job to get them off drugs. Mm-hmm. If you want to help them not kill themselves, not live an uncomfortable, is putting it lightly, like, living a, a life where your brain is on fire, like, I'm not saying that it's a good thing that people without homes in urban areas are using drugs. I'm just saying you can't do anything about that. Right. And the more realistic situation is figuring out, figuring out a way to accommodate them to get onto a level so that they can then make the next choice for their life. But to deprive them is actually just making the problem worse, yeah. which again is why methadone clinics exist. Right.
2: Yeah. That Empathy! Empathy! That movie. God. Am I
1: going to regret? Did I do a good job of... I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, you won't regret that. Um... I just, that movie fucked me up. Like, just the... You you feel it so viscerally. Mm-hmm. And that's the safties. I mean, I felt every single ounce of that movie. Like, I felt like I was living what they... Their yeah. day, like, day to day. It, in, holy shit.
1: So Ben loves the phrase lived in, but the only thing Ben loves more than that is the phrase in the hands of a lesser filmmaker. And in the hands mm. of a lesser filmmaker, the idea of tying... A romantic obsession with drug use mm-hmm. that becomes i can't tell you how many short films i've seen uh both in college my peers work and as a film festival programmer movies where drug drug addiction is externalized as a romantic figure right. i cannot tell you how hacky how artificial how none of it you don't believe any of it mm-hmm. It's sort of a miracle that they're able to tie heroin and the Caleb Landry Jones character Mm -hmm. together in this way, and that it not only feels authentic, but the rhythms of the film are tied to it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you really not everyone can do that. Mm -hmm. And it takes an eye for detail. It takes an an empathetic uh, point of view.
2: Empathy. This is
1: empathy, IMO. Any? Yes. So here's my question. So why? What is? Why are we seeing this again? In, in the American independent cinema, why horses? Yes, why why <laughs> does everyone want to giddy up and ride straight out of their town, them and their high horse? Wh- what's I the point it a bit? But and I, I mean, I certainly have an answer, but I want to. Hear I think
0: it. it is, it does, it is because what is this a reaction to? It's because we've uh, we're in another gilded age, and um, you know, a hundred, 120 years ago, we didn't have film in the way that we have it now. It wasn't nearly as accessible, but these people are doing a lot of the same work as, like, the muckrakers of the Gilded Era, and like, bringing quote-unquote the people in the mainstream a way to experience what it is like for people who do not have as well as they have.
1: It's like the TMZ
0: guy to Kanye. Yes. And it's like these
4: Go stream something new on Hulu. Uh,
0: And it's like, I also think it's a reaction to, like, social media. And that we are at a point in our media consumption where it's so much that everything either has to be, like, Avengers-level fake. Mm -hmm. Or... I
1: knew someone would bring up the Avengers.
0: The opposite.
1: that I was ready to.
2: <laughs>
0: the opposite hyper-reality in a way that yeah. is so real, quote unquote, that it becomes its own, like, hyper-formalistic. So
1: that, I love that you said that because last night I'm doing this triple feature of the writer Heaven and Sweat and Tangerine, mm-hmm. and I'm, Woo. I'm, I'm admiring the form so hardcore and not just i mean you don't have to be radical in your form to be doing something substantial mm-hmm. but it's quite chloe, it's to be quite substantial <laughs> uh, so so between realism and formalism there's your balance mm-hmm. chloe zhao is constantly returning to these almost like magically ethereal images of nature The fact that she is, as I was doing a poor job of explaining earlier, in her scenes where life is unfolding, she is still using editing and very specific framing choices, specifically even further in the foreground, I think, and the way that she explores her films in depth um, in in the frame. That's a reminder that you're watching a movie. The Safis with the zooms, with the roving camera, with the score. That's a movie. Tangerine, you get the Skrillex music, you get some of the more daring shots, like in the Florida Project I know that I brought up, where it feels like a Zoom, but it's not where we start with the kids running from one side of the hotel to the other. Mm -hmm. It's a pan, but because of the distance between camera and the hotel, it appears that the camera is zooming in when actually the camera the proximity is just shrinking. Like These are choices that you're not going to find that in Italian neorealism. Mm -hmm. But they're still focusing on marginalized people and telling stories outside of the mainstream in such a rough hewn and detail oriented way that it feels like realism and so this is such a long-winded way of saying last time i was thinking to myself what do we call this because you can't you cannot call it neo-neorealism you can't say the american independent cinema is having a love affair with neorealism because it's not it doesn't have it certainly has the same objectives but stylistically it's doing different things yeah and so hyper realism is where i landed too
2: hyper realism <laughs> exactly five is. minutes
1: i i feel the same way Hyperrealism, Hyper-realism. is the word realism. yeah that sounds good um i will say that another film that uses radical formalism to explore the everyday actions of people would of course be john dealman which it, i'm not saying is nice. <laughs> and this is for and f- finally get to talk about this movie not in a joking circumstance but When you watch that movie, when when you feel the absence of a cut and when you just linger interminably with this character as she is scrubbing shoes, as she is burning potatoes, like, we know we're watching a movie simply because it exists in a format that we... Well, first of all, we pressed play on the thing, but also it's it just doesn't operate like anything else that 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 we're used to, and therefore that sort of tension and aggravation is a reminder of what we're watching, Mm -hmm. and yet it is trying to legitimize the everyday plight, the everyday routine of, in this case, not so much an outsider, but just a story that we don't, the story that we take for granted or just don't think about. Period. And in that way, she is an outsider
0: way yeah. for her petite bourgeois values
2: as a sex worker so Brandon what
1: do you think it's a reaction to him?
2: Mm. oh come on <laughs> my brain shut off um no I well I, I was gonna bring up Avengers it's I think it's a reaction to Hollywood and studios and uh, yeah I don't know what you said <laughs> hyper realism I, I wonder like
1: if it's a subconscious thing because to assign uh, motive to a filmmaker can be a really tricky area i
2: yeah i'm gonna jump off that and say it is a subconscious thing i just think it is uh, it's, I don't know, it's technology i don't know it's 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 just film these filmmakers wanting to make something wanting to bring marginalized voices to the mainstream uh, and having to do it outside of studios and being distributed by, like, you know, A24, as an example. And
0: Sony Pictures Classics.
2: Sony Pictures Classics. Huh? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs>
0: um,
2: no, I think it is... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, you
1: both brought up the idea of, like, technology and social media, which I think is interesting. And I'll again bring up that same shot in The Florida Project, which I think is a really good metaphor for what these filmmakers are doing, which is that, so again, the shot is the kids are on the far side of the hotel on like the third floor, and they're running from one end to the other. On first glance, our subjects are extremely far away. And then through the camera, through the camera moving, through just the act of cinema, they become so much closer in proximity Mm -hmm. in the frame and in our own consciousness and certainly with technology, it's the fact that, like, especially on Facebook and Twitter, like, we live in bubbles of our own choosing. And then also, well, especially on Twitter, I should say, and then on Facebook, like, we are being catered to with ads to make those, make that bubble more of a concrete enclosure that we don't have to explore outside of. And I think these filmmakers use cinema to not only explore truth, but to, um, well, sort of like that idea. So I work for a queer film festival and sometimes I think about, like, is our objective to uh, reflect our own stories on screen or is our objective to legitimize our stories by putting them on a screen which traditionally doesn't belong to us? And it can be all of the above. Right. Yeah. And that's what I think about with these filmmakers is like it's both like if you're a rodeo cowboy, it's not like again we're speaking from sort of this coastal uh, point of view here where these marginalized stories are being brought to us, right. but that doesn't mean that there's not someone who's watching this film where it is their story being reflected right. for the first time on screen. Yeah, so it can. Why not
2: but I think It can be both. It can be you're seeing you're seeing yourself, or you're seeing again. Specificity breeds universality. You seeing that rodeo story could make it did this for me. It makes you think about something in your own life. Mm-hmm. You know about your pa- passion, whatever the fuck. What you What do you might tie think- yourself to? Yeah. What is yeah. your identity? Right what? I- yeah, okay. what do you tie your identity to? Crap like that. Not crap. Crap like that. Crap like that. Guys, I've decided I'm not allowed to drink hard alcohol during the podcast. Well,
0: so that's... A, so when we were... <laughs> I'm getting snoozy. When, when we were walking...
1: So when I need Br- beer. Brandon, I know. Brandon, when we when we were walking over, Brandon, Brandon and I got here at the same time, we were walking over to the house. We all had... Really, had a delicious we all, anchor steam. Anchor steam. <laughs> we all had bad days. Yeah. And, and I was going to say to Brandon, but we didn't have time before we got here, was that like... I realize that I should... Like, we've been drinking cocktails on this show for a while. Like, I can't do that anymore. Because I, I get really tongue-tied.
2: I get just snoozy. But
1: but today, of all days, I'm like, today's not the day. <laughs> like, I'm not kicking it today. Like, That's I need funny. a stiff drink. It's That's been a hard funny. time. I
2: just need a delicious amber anchor steam. Ben, what yeah. were you going to say, like, 10, 10 minutes ago? <laughs> right before I said specificity. So have, I think we have... The-
0: A combination of reaction to three things are happening that creates this. One is the kind of stories that Hollywood is making in that they... So people are trying to make something that is more personal in general or more personal to them. Or they're trying to show something very specific and not have this, like, bland content mill. Mm -hmm. Two is... I think the formalism is pushed because of social media, because there's so much video content that is so fucking banal and just, like, ugly and Tied to flat. one as well,
1: though, because all this studio affair has very boring mm-hmm. visual schematics That's to it. That's true. Yeah, like, every Marvel Stratagist movie looks rather. the same, so, for the most part.
0: To, like make accepted, these movies... Yeah. I think it is an unconscious effort, but it is, like, we have to make it visually more stunning than these other all of these other things that are vying for our screen attention time right and the third thing is just the barrier to entry has never been higher it's like if yeah. you can make the movie there are more ways to get your work seen than ever before in the history of filmmaking but it's harder to get the movie made because so many niche audiences have grown and it's so fractured that like before 50 years ago it wasn't Necessarily easier to make a movie But you knew where the money was Ten years ago, Brokeback Mountain, an independent
1: film Was still viewed by the mainstream Yeah
0: Yeah. And it was still made for probably like $20 million Yeah Yeah.
2: Yeah, Weren't we just This reminds me of when we were looking at the uh, box office numbers for the 2007. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oscar. You know, the, the type of money those movies used to make, like, uh, the never now. No way. Like, what did what's the writer enough. made? $100,000, probably? Like, what did it make? I Got don't know. Yeah,
0: Brokeback Mountain was made for $14 million, I'll which is insane to me. No, I'm on box office. Oh, for a joke. pardon me. Uh, Pardon. 178. Bible. Million dollars worldwide. That's how no much the way. No, <laughs> no. We wish.
2: <laughs> Silly. Silly goose. I'm looking up the writer. What did the writer do? But it only opened like in like four theaters, probably. Yeah.
1: The question is, how long is it going to stay in theaters? Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the most exciting American films um, in years. That doesn't mean it's the best, right? Uh, but it made thirty four thousand. Thirty. Sorry, three hundred forty four thousand. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, not great, but. Not great, Bob. Probably made its budget back. That's right. <laughs> Chloe, there. By the way, Chloe Zhao, if you're listening, don't be Netflix. Release the numbers. Oh, what was your budget? thing uh,
0: that's very cool about the writers, everyone gets profit points.
1: Everyone in the film? That's cool. Well, that's that sort of, as a filmmaker, she acts as a steward to this community and to know that, she, and by which I mean she is honoring... She, she, she is lending a level of integrity to these people's worlds and lives and identities integrity. by putting them on the screen. Mm-hmm. Integrity. But to know that she's also sharing the profits is quite substantial. Mm-hmm.
2: Quite substantial. Well, any final thoughts, points, notes, <sighs> critiques, praises, compliments?
0: Wow. A lot of words. <laughs> The, 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 I this, love jargon. Thesaurus.com. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look at you.
2: Welcome to thesaurus.com. Venmo me ten dollars personally, only me. If you can afford it. Whoa. Um not all right. you, them. Oh. All right. Well, also me. I can't afford wow. ten dollars. Um Who can? Who can in this in this I'm economy? In lane on Pete can <laughs> because he just gave away his full he plate of walked food. away from his lunch. He like ate one fry
0: He didn't even touch the sand Son of a bitch Son of a fucking bitch You that bastard,
1: bastard. Andy the in shortcuts Okay take us
0: home Fly us away home <laughs> Take us home
2: I'm gonna giddy up and gallop us home Come on cowboy What the fuck <laughs> This is Ben Plow that field honey oh. <laughs> Plowing You didn't put plowing in the episode I know. Put it in this one this has been Movies IMO. This has been the Chloe Zhao Rider episode. This has been Ben Empey at Pride the Rider episode.
1: <laughs> this has been me on a walk through nature oh. touching the leaves. Ooh. I'm just saying. Ooh. I'm just saying
2: I want to be included too. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I being such a bitch? Uh My name is Brandon Kirby. You can gay culture is. Wow. Um. You can find me on Twitter at BK
0: Kirby. Kirby. My name is Ben MB. You can find me at Real Todd Haynes.
1: I'm Daniel Cook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Cook with three O's. And I am gonna drive away from here and turn right at the Army Surplus store on Santa Monica Boulevard that is featured in the major motion picture (gasps) wow Wow.
2: (laughs) Wow. I love your new trademark. Wow.
1: Wow,
0: are oh. you kidding me? In this house? Wow, in these pants. It's very like proud homosexual in a way that something I wish I've I could helped. be. In, these pants? in
2: in these pants. That's the new in this economy. In these pants. In these pants? Wow. What do you think? I've coined a phrase. What? Wow. Oh, Jesus. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, rate us five stars only. If you rate us any lower, you can ride right out of here. You and your high
1: horse.
0: Yeah. Ride straight out of this town.
2: Casey Musgrave's Can Venmo West $20. <laughs> um, next week, we are talking about one of my most anticipated films of Taeir. Tuli. Tuli. Oh, two leaves. Two leaves, Jason Reitman's and Charlie's Thrones. Tully, nice. S- see you then, fag listeners
1: <laughs> and straights. I guess straight. I meant I
2: meant that like
1: people listening, listening to, to fags. Bags. So the theme of that episode is going to be nepotism.
2: Oh, 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 no. oh All right, I thought I was watching Knocked Up. Jesus, <laughs> we're talking about mommies. We're talking about new mommies. <laughs> we watching. Xavier Dolan's
0: Mommy. Mommy.
2: Muma. Mama. I will be (laughs) bringing in Let's watch. We'll we'll be
1: setting up a fourth microphone for
2: my cat. Mom. Mom. Are we watching uh, Mm -hmm. Jessica Chastain's
4: Mama? Mama.
2: (laughs) I've heard that Mama is quite good. Same. It's quite substantial. It's It's quite quite substantial. substantial. All right. Well, I guess we're leaving. Bye. Bye. The
4: winner is Jane Fonda.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.
4: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long.